welcome back to the Calorie Deficit University podcast. My name is Alexis. I'm the show's host. Um, Today, I kind of want to make this podcast episode a little bit quicker um, just because it's going to have a lot of information. Um, But basically, I'm going to take you through kind of a calorie deficit crash course. I love the alliteration um, because I think it's really important um, to discuss as there is a lot of misconceptions out there about a calorie deficit and what that means. Um, And I'll never forget, I had someone um, that I was contemplating like to do on my podcast and they asked me they were like wait like you recommend putting your clients in a calorie deficit and I was like oh no and once you have that perception of a calorie deficit there's really nothing a coach or anybody in the sports science industry that can kind of take that negative mindset away, um, mainly because if you already have that negative mentality around a calorie deficit, you probably believe falsity about what a calorie deficit is. So I just want to come out of the gate with a calorie deficit is not um, toxic. It is not telling someone to starve themselves. It is none of those things. Um, And I think it can be you. It can absolutely be used in an inappropriate way. People who are, um, who are diagnosed or struggle with anorexia, um, they use a calorie deficit to um, practice as like a, a tool to achieve a lower body weight as a part of their um, illness. So all that a calorie deficit is, is eating in a deficit for what your body needs to live, right? To, to do what it does. Um, and, and the only reason we implement a calorie deficit is to lose excess body fat. That should be the only time you're trying to, um, eat less than what you need, um, for your body to, do what it does, be alive, move, you know, sleep, eat, regulate your hormones, all those things. Um, and two, with that, when we say eating in a calorie deficit, we're not saying you're eating a thousand calories less than what you need. Um, it's a small, small, small deficit to the point where you shouldn't really excessively notice a difference. So usually it's no more than 500 calories. Like 500 calorie a day deficit is a very extreme um, deficit in my opinion. You should start out with 250 calories less. So that's like not eating that extra snack that you eat every day. Like that's it. Okay. Um, And so that's where I think there's that huge like cascade of a misconception when someone says or coach says, yeah, we're going to be doing like a calorie deficit. That assessment has been done where we're like, okay, you have excess body fat. Excess body fat means you have extra energy. You have extra fat on your body that your body can use for energy instead of consuming calories. That is like the premise that we operate from um, in the the healthy side of the fitness industry with no gimmicks, no bullshit or anything like that. And so I hope like that paints a good picture of where the actual like actuality reality of a calorie deficit 
um, is coming from. Because in reality, there, yes, there are different caveats here and there um, that would maybe prevent someone from losing weight who has, um, by practicing a calorie deficit, but that percentage of the population is so, so, so small. So like if you have um, a genetic predisposition or you have chemical imbalances in your brain or maybe you have hormonal imbalances or things like that, that are true and real and proven by um, additional testing by your doctor, absolutely that is where maybe a calorie deficit isn't the best for you. But with painting the whole picture with a calorie deficit, it's not just just about calories in, calories out. That is a large part of it. Um, but you have to be focused on getting in sufficient protein and sufficient um, nutrients. So being focused on micronutrients as well. As a lot of the American diet, people aren't getting enough vitamin D, they're not getting enough vitamin B, those sorts of things, because their their diet is is empty. It's empty. And I don't, again, I don't like trigger words, but it's in a way it's empty calories. So we're consuming calories that don't have a high nutrient profile. And we're just eating a lot, a lot of calories that are just ending up as fat stored on our body because the body is beautiful. The body is amazing. The body is just like the most crazy adaptive biological machine known to man. It blows my mind how cool um, the body is. It's really, it, it makes a lot of sense how our body operates. We have to use a significant amount of energy to live, but our body is so good at using calories as a way of energy to live in a way that we don't have to be constantly eating to be alive. Um, it, it just kind of blows my mind. If you've ever, like, for example, if you've ever had like any type of solar device or anything like that, you see and understand like, oh, wow, if I don't leave my solar device or solar charging capabilities out in the sun for 10 hours a day, like I'm not going to make it through the night. That is like crazy. That energy absorption is not as efficient as us, our human bodies. Um, So when you start to realize and celebrate how amazing your body is, and you start to realize that food is not just a means like of something that tastes good or something that like makes me feel good about myself or anything like that, but it's actually um, a nutrient dense energy providing like good source, um, you start to kind of be able to detach that emotional relationship with food. Um, and yes, there is a component where food is emotional and, and it brings people together and all those sorts of things. Um, but there does, there's like this line after you start implementing this calorie, like a calorie deficit and you start actually like healing your body and helping your body with lots of nutrient dense food, you start to realize like, wow, okay, I get it. My body like needs this nutrients more than these empty sources of energy. Um, so that that's huge. I want to just jump right in. Some things that you should know 
before you start um, a calorie deficit is losing fat is slow. It, it takes a long time to lose body fat um, or a substantial amount of body fat um, because your body has to use that energy, that extra energy every day. And so every day you have to um, be in a calorie deficit. And again, like I said, our body is highly adaptive. So your body is going to adapt to whatever calorie intake you put on it. Um, And so that's where the different nuances of a calorie deficit come into play. And that's why getting a coach is really, really helpful um, because we can explain and walk you through different things like going through a calorie deficit phase and a maintenance phase and a surplus phase and being able to direct you into those phases based on what we call your biofeedback. So whatever your body tells us from the conditions that we put you under, um, we can be able to diagnose and, and understand you know, just what your body is doing, how it's reacting. Because like I said, there are different nuances where, you know, if, for example, like if someone has more um, muscle compared to their body fat going into, compared to someone else going into a calorie deficit, but maybe they're the same age, the same height, the same weight, but yet their body fat percentages are different, their calorie intakes are going to be completely different. So that's where having a coach, someone to walk you through and understand all of those things and, and educate you and walk you along is really, really helpful. Um, another thing to know before you start a calorie deficit is it's hard. It is very hard, number one, to be consistent. This true consistency is more than 20 days out of the month. Um, and and it's hard because it's food. And our American culture revolves so much around food and convenience and high-calorie, high-fat, high-salt, high-carb food. Um, and that just tastes better. It does. It tastes better than vegetables. Um, and so redefining your baseline and adjusting your food intake takes a lot of discipline, takes a lot of time, especially if you don't know how to cook for yourself or prepare meals or anything like that. It's really, really hard. Um, and so again, finding a coach that can help hold you accountable is honestly the way to go. Um, so we kind of went over what a calorie deficit is more than calories in versus calories out. Um, Really like what do you need to eat on your deficit is always a question that I get. I, it's this fine line between like intuitive eating, but also like you need to eat your vegetables and fruit and be an adult. Um, My, I think as a good rule, but again, in practice is really hard is 80% of your food needs to be whole food. So things that come from the ground, come from the water, um, that are not man-made in a factory or anything like that. So fruit, vegetables, lean meats, rice, grains, potatoes, um, you know, avocados, uh, avocado oil, olive oil, um, even dairy products are fine. Like things like that, that needs to be 80% of your diet. And then the other 20% can be things like cookies and cake and chips and all those other things. Like I would even throw popcorn into the 80%, um, because it's corn. Um, but if that makes sense, just 
and once you start to actually implement that and practice that, you'll realize, wow, like this is actually really hard. I had a lot of processed foods primarily as like the majority of my diet. Let's dive right in um, to how to find your deficit. Again, it is much better if you have a coach. um, But what I'm going to say is it's trial and error. Even when you have a coach, it is trial and error. Um, And it's really hard to find the the right calorie um, amount because it's hard to quantify your... um, activity level, especially as a coach, like if I'm not with you on your daily basis telling me you get 8,000 steps a day, if I'm not with you and I don't see your movement patterns and I don't actually know what your daily activity looks like, it that's hard to calculate. Um, and so it is kind of like take some trial and error and again, consistency. So you might think you are consistent, but if you're only in a deficit five days out of the week, that's not consistent. Um, really, truly like it's like four days out of the month or three days out of the month, you're off your track. That's like, that's how consistent you have to be, um, to actually see significant results in your, um, fat loss. So things to consider when finding your deficit, um, you're going to want to look at your TDEE, so your total daily energy expenditure. So that's including like everything you do. That's your basal metabolic rate. So what your basal metabolic rate is, if you were just to like lay in bed and not get up and not do anything just to keep your organs functioning, your brain functioning, to keep you alive, that's your basal metabolic rate. So that's the calories that you would need to stay alive, like in a hospital bed, for example. Um, that is all included in your into your TDEE. And everyone's TDEE is going to look different depending on your body fat percentage, depending on your daily activity that you do. Say like you have a sedentary job versus you have three little kids under the age of five that you chase around all day. Like that is going to look very different from everyone. Um, especially too, it becomes very difficult if five days out of the week, you're extremely active, but yet two days on the weekend, you actually lay on the couch the entire weekend. Like all of those things need to be taken into account to find your deficit. A good starting point that I would recommend is taking your goal weight, um, making sure that your goal weight is not like a hundred pounds less than the weight that you are right now. Start out with small increments like 25 pounds or 50 pounds. Take that goal weight um, and multiply it by 12. Try that calorie intake for a couple of days. See how you feel. If you're ravenously starving, but make sure you get enough protein. If you're ravenously starving, then up the calories a little bit. If you're still very, 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 very full and you're not seeing the scale budge at all for a week or two, then uh, tail the calories down a little bit. Again, that trial and error to see kind of where you land. Um, Again, though, keeping in mind that your goal weight may not be the right weight for you. For example, doctors will tell me I need to be 140 pounds to be healthy, but they aren't sports science doctors. So they don't 
aren't inclined to take into account that I have a lot of muscle because they don't know that I deadlift 300 pounds. They don't know that I hip thrust 400 pounds. And so they don't know to take that into account unless I tell them. And then once I tell them and they take the body fat percentage into account, they're like, oh, you're perfectly healthy. Never mind. So sometimes we need to adjust our goals to make sure it's actually healthy for us. A huge person who's an advocate for this that I appreciate is Jordan Syatt. He talks about like the last 10 pounds, the last 15 pounds. Is it really worth it? To have shredded abs all year round, it's really not worth it. The amount of energy and effort it would take, for example, for me to lose that last 10 pounds to get that last little bit of shredded, I would never get to eat pizza. I would never get to like go out and enjoy my time. I would never get to have alcohol and those sorts of things. And I want to live my life. So that's where you have to debate those different things for you and what works best for you. So reevaluate that goal and make sure it's actually honestly a good and healthy weight um, for, for you. And then the next really really important thing, um, is food. What you eat is actually very important to the success of your overall weight loss. It's really not just about calories in versus calories out, even though that's, that's the overarching storyline of, um, calorie deficit and weight loss. But what you eat is highly important to the overall satisfaction and success of the calorie deficit. So, let's hit on protein. Um, you really need to be eating 0.8 grams to one gram of protein per pound of body fat. It's funny. I saw someone the other day, a coach kind of dog on that, um, information, even though it has so much scientific accreditation and backing of just, that's the best success rate for overall satiety and, and muscle building, um, that ratio, But yeah, they were talking about how it's really, really hard. It is. And he was basically saying like, you'd be hard pressed to find someone who's actually eating that much protein. Yeah. For a general person like Gen Pop that I've talked about in the past, that is really hard to do because the American diet is high, highly carb based. Um, Once you've done it though, for a month, you're like, wow, I feel amazing. Like, once you start actually eating, like say you have a dinner that has 50 grams of protein in it, which is a lot, like that's like trying really hard. You're like, wow, I'm so full. And then you're never, you just don't experience that ravenous hunger. You, It goes away because if you have protein at every single mealtime and snack time, even like putting protein in your coffee, your your blood sugar levels like your your just satiety your overall how you feel is just so much better like for example when i'm not trying to put on muscle which right now like i'm just like living my life like loving training loving eating and just living that 80 20 life but still highly highly focusing on protein intake i I'm still eating like 145 grams of protein a day minimum. Like that is the baseline. And if I don't get that, I can tell and I'm very hungry. And I wait, I usually wake up hungry, which is not a, that's not a regular thing for me. Um, so really prioritizing lean sources of protein is the way to go. And it feels 
horrible at first if you've never eaten that much protein and you haven't lived a life of protein before. It is hard and it is like, I feel for you, but do it and reduce the other crappy food and you'll feel so much better. Again, I talked about eating real food. Again, I hate those buzzwords, but I really don't know how other, like how else to get the point across. You need to eat whole foods. You need to eat real foods. You know what I'm talking about. Stop whining about it. Be an adult. Like I hate to be mean like that, but be an adult, eat fruit, eat vegetables, figure it out. You can make sauces and stuff that are still like real with like coconut aminos and Dijon mustard. Like Dijon mustard is just mustard seeds ground up. Like (laughs) coconut aminos come from coconuts. Like it's really not that hard. There's so many free resources out there at this point. Like, especially if you've like listened to a few of my podcast episodes, like at this point, you should be kind of getting the vibe, getting, getting with the quid pro pro, like getting with, with the standard of like, all right, like, yes, I have to eat my vegetables. I have to eat my fruit. I have to eat my lean protein. Like I get it. Like I, I love a Big Mac as much as the next girl, but I could not tell you the last time I had one. And that's not to shame anyone and that's not to like put anyone down. But when you start to actually listen to your body and care about what you put into your body, you realize that that is not going to service you well. You start to have that mental shift where like, hmm, does feeling like crap for three days, is that what like services me well or is like you start to have like that mental shift. Like I will be honest, even as a coach, it took me a few years like to get to that point, a few years of being really rigorous with my nutrition, being really rigorous with my research, being really rigorous with working out like, and actually giving a shit about what I put in my body. Okay. That's just where you have to get. Like, that's the point of your life. Like, yes, you can absolutely implement like having Big Macs, having pizza, like having all of those things. Like those are delicious. They're amazing. Like I love it, but 20% or less of those things. Okay. Um, a huge part of food with a calorie deficit is always having food on hand and meal prepping. I'm also like getting to the point not to be like a cynic or anything, but just keeping it real, keeping it honest, keeping it raw. I kind of am getting to the point where I'm sick of people saying like, oh, that's expensive. Like eating healthy is expensive. You know, constantly having food on hand is hard. I don't care. I don't care that you think it's hard. I don't care that it, that you're like, you're honestly complaining and whining about it. It's been proven over and over and over and over again, especially with people who like put free content out and really care like me and thousands, hundreds of thousands of millions of other people who actually care about providing free education to you. Like literally, I think I made a meal like and posted this on Instagram a y- years ago, but I like made meals in college for like a dollar. So I, I mapped it out like for me and my husband, it was like cost something like $10 a day for like breakfast, lunch, dinner, two snacks and coffee. Like it is possible. And we were like the leanest we had ever been. We were both like hardcore on a deficit. Like I was, that was the closest I ever was to being like 140 pounds. I hated it. We hated it. It sucked, but it is possible to like, obviously being that lean is what sucked, not the other stuff. 
Um, but it is possible to eat healthy for very, very cheap. Prime example, we just got back from vacation. It's the new year, whatever. I grocery shopped for pretty much almost two weeks now because I've just made so much food that we can't even keep up with eating it. I budgeted, I only spent $107 at Aldi's, um, which is an amazing budget grocery store. If you haven't gone to Aldi before, please, 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 I recommend it. I spent $107 for two humans that are high, high training volume, high athleticism. We eat literally on the clock around the clock and I got coffee, creamers, breakfast, lunch, and dinner and snacks for $107. And I post all of my recipes on TikTok. So I'm really at this point, like, I don't care. I don't care if you think it's hard. I I empathize with the fact that you think it's hard. I do. And it takes time to learn and to like practice it. Yes, that part is hard. And I validate that, but it's not hard to actually do um, because there's just so much free resources out there. So this is me holding you accountable. I'm kind of sick and tired of hearing that eating healthy costs money because a Starbucks coffee, like literally for me and my husband to go to Starbucks, get regular ass coffees and like a, a treat is $20. That's, that's like three days sorry, two days of eating. So I don't really have empathy for that. It's all about your priorities. Do you prioritize eating healthy and cooking meals for yourself? Or do you prioritize Starbucks? That's kind of where it lands for me. Like there's, I make my Starbucks coffee at home every single day for, I think we mapped it out. It's like nine cents a cup of coffee. Um, cause my mom wanted me to get an espresso machine because she was like, that they're on sale. And I was like, well, that's 50 cents a cup of coffee. And right now my coffee is like 11 to nine cents, depending on what I want to put in it. And she was mind blown. She was like, how did you know that? And I'm like, cause I budget like a freaking crazy person. <laughs> but it got, like, again, I'm a crazy person when it comes to numbers and calories and science and all that stuff. You don't have to get that crazy with the data, but I'm just saying money is not an excuse when it comes to your health. Uh, you'll either pay now or pay later alcohol. I honestly, the topic of alcohol is a toughie. Um, just stop drinking it. Like I, we are bourbon collectors. My husband worked in mine for like over three years. We love our alcohol. Um, we are bougie alcohol connoisseurs and we just kind of has, have stopped. I I realized I was maybe using this word in a weird way, but I say sober to me, like the definition of sober is just not, not drinking or doing drugs. Um, that's all drugs like weed as well. Um, we just don't, we just really don't. And my husband does more, um, now that he's off his Ironman training because it's like a treat now for him. I just don't. Um, I feel so much better. My training performance is so much better. There's so much science and data that supports that alcohol is, is a drug um, and it has negative effects to your health. So just reduce alcohol as a whole. And if you have an issue with that, then address that. Exercise. Um, the only exercise that I think you should be doing is the exercise that you enjoy to do. If you are trying to force yourself to exercise, um, and do something that you don't enjoy, then you're never going to be able to sustain it and do it. That goes with food. If you don't like cabbage, don't eat cabbage. Like don't try and force yourself to do things or eat things that you don't actually like. Um, but there is that fine line of holding yourself accountable and being an adult. Um, 
in a perfect reality, I would have you do strength training four to five times a week and walking um, either every single day or at least three times a week. Um, That's it. All the cardio that I would have you do is walk and all the training I would have you do is strength train. So you've got pick, pick up heavy shit, put it back down. That's it. Super simple. Don't overcomplicate it. Move your body. Um, just that's going to raise your overall TDEE. It's going to help you be in a deficit. It's going to help your cardiovascular health. Um, going to help your joints, your back pain. The more you move, the better you're going to feel. The long term, um, the better longevity, old age you're going to have. Um, let's talk about a little bit how to know you're in a deficit. The scale sucks. The scale's a liar. It will not tell you if you have a poop uh, that you need to get out. It will not tell you if you had a lot of salt. It will not tell you if you have some undigested food. But the scale is helpful in holding you accountable to weight loss over a long period of time. What is a long period of time? Over 30 days. Cold. Um, the biggest way, at least for me and most of my clients, of knowing whether or not they're actually in a deficit is they get cold. If they've been sitting at a desk for like an hour and they need to like lunchtime is coming up, for example, you you get cold. You're literally like, oh, my gosh, I'm kind of cold because your body is using your fat instead of food. Um, that's fine. Put on some socks and a coat. Um, as long as you're not like when the deficit is like, oh, shoot, you're in too big of a deficit. When you start getting like uncontrollably starving, hungry and way like shaking cold, like you can't control yourself. That's when you're like, OK, you should probably go eat um, because your body's trying to signal you that you you're you're giving too extreme of a deficit. A huge thing, too, um, that you'll start to notice with your deficit is loading. Once you start actually eating real nutrient-dense, delicious food, um, your bloating will go down, your bowel movements will get better, and... Um, you'll just, you're just going to feel better all overall. Um, you're, you're actually going to feel hungry for the first time ever, um, around your mealtime. And then once you get your lower body fat, you're going to start to see veins either underneath the skin, um, or like coming through. So you'll start seeing like veins, maybe some muscular, t- as we like to s- trigger word, whatever toning, um, that will start to to come through. But you do need to listen to some warning signs that your body can give, like I've talked about all throughout this episode. If you're in too deep of a deficit, you need to go into a maintenance phase. You need to go into a surplus phase because um, you can damage your body by being in too much of a deficit. That's where you get into that anorexia problems, um, getting maybe body dysmorphia, things like that, that are not a result of the calorie deficit, but are a result of how you're utilizing the calorie deficit to achieve your, your goals. So making sure you're aligned with your body, aligned with your goals, and making sure that you're just in tune and and keeping keeping a hold a, accountability um, and not pushing yourself too hard. So like uh, for women, if you've lost your period, like that's not appropriate. That's not okay. If you are having sleepless nights, you're starving all the time, you're actually freezing all of the time, not just some of the time. If you're irritable, if you have no sex drive, those sorts of things, like those are warning signs that your body's saying you're too low body fat. We need to put some, put some meat on these bones. 
Okay, let's like dive into what I like to call the black horseman of the overall success of your calorie deficit. So what I mean by the black horseman is like they were, these things will literally make or break your success, not only like in your overall health, but your weight loss with implementing a calorie deficit. Sleep, huge, huge, huge. Um, no one is getting enough sleep or good quality sleep, um, restful sleep, REM sleep. So you need like eight hours a night. Um, if you're older, that can probably be less. So if you're above like age 30, that could be a little bit less, but really try and get eight hours. Sorry, new parents, uh, try your best. Um, huge things to get good, like deep, amazing, restful sleep is I love ashwagandha. Taking that I, I, makes my life, my anxiety so much better. Um, me, um, melatonin, you need to be careful with that. Just dependency and you really don't need it if you're getting enough nutrients and have regular hormone production, et cetera, et cetera. Um, magnesium, huge, huge, huge. Don't sleep on magnesium because um, it'll make you sleep. It's amazing. It's just a naturally occurring like muscle relaxer, anxiety reliever, so, so good. Um, so please try that out. Like you'll have big ass shits. Let me tell you though. Um, another black horseman is stress. If you don't reduce your stress, your anxiety, um, then you're not going to be successful because those are direct correlations, um, into leptin and ghrelin production. So two hormones that make you unnecessarily hungry. Um, with the combination of stress and anxiety. Binge eating. So if you have an issue with binge eating, most people do, whether they've been diagnosed or not. Um, endless bouts of eating, you got to address it. You got to heal through it. You got to figure out ways around it. So starting out with maybe keeping things like watermelon or popcorn, something snacky that you can have when you have that kind of um, inclination to binge. I saw this super helpful tool the other day from a registered dietitian that I think is amazing and groundbreaking. Basically, she talked about every time you go to eat, asking yourself, it, again, in the context of struggling with binge eating, is is this meal going to satisfy me? Is this what I actually want to eat? Um, before you eat. And I thought that was really, really great wisdom. Another black horseman is going to be the weekends, the holidays, events, um, all of those kind of unplanned things you have to get a lot of discipline and restraint with. A huge black horseman that a lot of people avoid is not tracking calories. And they just push off tracking calories so badly because they think it's going to lead to an eating disorder. They think that it is toxic, whatever. But the reality is tracking calories is pushed back against so heavily because it holds you accountable to what you're eating and is a huge, like big slap in the face to what you thought you were eating. Like measuring out your oats and realizing I've been eating 500 calories worth of oats rather than the 200. Like Measuring out your creamer, realizing you've been putting 150 calories of creamer instead of 35 calories. Like those are big, huge slaps in the face. And that's a huge, like big adult accountability moment. Um, but you can't manage what you don't track. Um, if you make a recipe, you measure out what you're going to eat and you hold it 
accountable to the recipe when you budget to try and buy a house or a car or you're saving like you you count all of your expenses and you hold yourself accountable to that tracking calories is no different do you need to track calories forever no but if you're trying to lose fat that's the easiest quickest way to understand whether or not you're in a deficit for real and consistently um it also is just like a great way to hold yourself accountable um huge, huge, huge thing that I've kind of sprinkled throughout and talked about quite a bit is consistency. Um, the magic tool to weight loss is consistency. That's it. Really, 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 again, you have to be consistent. And like I talked about in my previous podcast, practicing 30 days straight of hardcore, like 75 hard kind of vibes is what's going to make you realize how consistent you need to be in order to be successful with anything in life. But with fat loss specifically. Um, and the bottom line is you just have to do it. You just have to, as my mom would say, put on your big girl panties and suck it up and do it. Um, if you want anything in life that is worth having, it's going to be hard. Uh, there are going to be immense challenges that come with, um, succeeding and having your goals. If weight loss was easy, uh, everyone would be doing it. If fat loss was easy, 65% of the country would not be obese. Um, it's really hard, takes a lot of discipline, and this world is very comfortable and it wants you to be comfortable and it doesn't want you to do what's hard. It doesn't want you to do what's challenging and it doesn't really want you to succeed. So I hope that this kind of crash course really helps you kind of get a good picture, a generalized idea of what a calorie deficit looks like and what it requires in order to successfully and sustainably do it. If you enjoyed the episode today, please go ahead and give us a review. We would really appreciate it. Um, and Spotify is doing reviews now too. So that's amazing. Um, if you want recipes or extra and free information, go on Instagram and TikTok and you'll find all of that there. Uh, LexBab CPT is what we are on TikTok because they don't like calorie deficits. They don't like weight loss, um, because it does have children on the app. And if you are under the age of 18, please do not try and lose weight. Seek a doctor if you feel like you need to lose some weight. Um, they, they need to be the ones to you that because you are growing, you have hormones, you have lots of other things going on and you're not in a place, um, to control that sort of thing in your life. So I love you guys. I thank you so much for all your support. Um, and I appreciate you and have a fantastic, amazing day.